much vitamin C are you eating? Vitamin C is essential for your immune system and for the overall health of your body. Unfortunately, if you're eating a normal modern day diet, you're probably not getting enough of this essential vitamin because our bodies cannot make vitamin C. And if you have adrenal fatigue, this could seriously impact your health even more. Now, hi everybody, this is the Dr. Lamb Show, and we're here to empower you to take control of your health. I'm Dr. Carrie Lamb. I'm Dr. Jeremy Lamb. And we're here to talk about vitamin C. And we'll be going through what vitamin C actually is, how it works in the body, the different types of delivery systems, and its history. So everyone knows that vitamin C is the key to adrenals, but why? And why is it so popular? Uh, so today we're going to be talking about vitamin C, which is a very type, uh, special type of vitamin, and we, it is water-soluble. Now there are two main groups of vitamins. One is fat-soluble, such as vitamin A, D, E, and K, and then there are water-soluble, such as vitamin B and Cs. And now vitamin C is very important uh, in adrenal fatigue because vitamin C has a unique ability to donate electrons. Now, what does that mean? You know, in our body, we stay young because we have a lot of electrons floating around. Babies have the most electrons and electrons mean energy. And so when your cells have low electron load, then that means you have low energy because electrons are equal to ATP, which is kind of the gas that your body runs on. So the reality is if you want to have more electrons in your body, then you want to take compounds naturally or otherwise that donate electrons. And vitamin C is one of uh, them that donate electrons. Dr. Carey, is there another example of an electron donator? Yeah, glutathione is a great one. And these are both good compounds and they're also called antioxidants. Uh, a lot of time, these antioxidants are able to prevent oxidation by their nature of actually being able to donate that electron that you're talking about. Now, vitamin C also has particular properties in the sense that it is very abundant in what we call the extracellular space. It's not able to cross into the cell wall, into the cell, but a lot of the spaces between the cells where communication happens, right? And so that's where the extracellular matrix, the interstitium is, and that's where vitamin C can help reduce this oxidation process. By reducing the oxidative stress, by donating electrons, a person starts to feel better. Their body feels the vitality, and that's what vitamin C does. And if you think about it, then you go a little step further and say, well, where is vitamin C found the most in the body, Dr. Jeremy? So the most prominent place in our body where vitamin C is needed is in the adrenal glands. And remember that our body does not make uh, vitamin C compared to some of the animals out there that have the proper enzymes to be able to make vitamin C. So it has to be supplemented. And uh, this is well proven, you know, throughout the centuries where sailors, when they were on a boat for a long trips without oranges or uh, vitamin C, then they would get scurvy, uh, which would be their bones would uh, kind of fall apart and their collagen also falls apart and then they end up uh, bleeding and dying. And so that's what happens when you don't have enough vitamin C in the body. 
But that is completely different from, you know, uh, just having enough vitamin C to make sure that your body is optimal versus really preventing the disease such as scurvy. And so optimal function in your body uh, requires that, you know, you have enough vitamin C to make sure that, you know, you can kind of fight off the stressful environment and make sure that your body is in a good place to be able to help fight off the stress. Right. And when you said what is recommended, uh, the recommended daily amount for vitamin C to prevent scurvy is very, very tiny amounts, like 65 to 90 milligrams a day, and you can go up to 2000 milligrams. Um, and so the RDA don't recommend that you take more than that because they just want to prevent scurvy. But if you wanted to help your adrenals a little more and, and the collagen building and things like that, you need higher doses. Uh, in fact, if you put animals like sheep on a treadmill and you put them on a running treadmill to mimic a stressful environment and measure vitamin C output, you can see that the output actually goes up many, many times. And from there, we can deduce that the human equivalent when the person is under stress, uh, it's supposed to have more vitamin C. But unfortunately, we aren't unable to make uh, the vitamin C. And so therefore we have to supplement a little more in order to deal with the chronic stress that we have. And this is a very complex and has long history of research. And um, there's no compound that has been studied even more than vitamin C. But over these past 90 years, there's thousands and thousands of studies in vitamin C. And yet people are still skeptical about the importance of it. Um, and a lot of the reason why is because um, pharmaceutical companies cannot cannot get money from making vitamin C because it's a compound that is readily available. And so when there's no pharmaceutical company is backing these vitamins or nutrients or supplements, it's, it is very hard to get into mainstream medicine because it doesn't make any money from it, even though it's just so vital to and so easy to for health. And so you can tell from this brief history that vitamin C is just so essential and um, especially more important if you have adrenal fatigue. Now, if you have any questions with adrenal fatigue and the vitamin C approach, you can give our office a call at 714-709-8000 and you can uh, make an appointment and we can discuss further on how uh, vitamin C can help you in your recovery process and in your journey of adrenal fatigue. And so, Dr. Carey, what, what really is, uh, you know, the safe dosing of vitamin C or what is high dosing of vitamin C? Right. And so, like we talked about the recommend daily allowance, and orange is around the recommended daily allowance, around 75 milligrams to 80 milligrams. And so you can have one orange a day and be able to meet your minimal requirement of vitamin C. However, we talked about um, when a body's under stress, it might need even more, right? 2,000, 3,000 milligrams a day. And if you have more functional disparity going on, uh, diseases, uh, cancers, or chronic diseases that depleting your body of electrons or are really oxidating your body and you need more antioxidants, you might need more, uh, especially in adrenal fatigue or aging. Um, everything works to reduce electrons in your body. And so the more ways you're able to supplement, it, it would be better to get the gasoline to get your body moving. 
the adrenals use vitamin C as a cofactor, as a key cofactor in making all the hormones, cortisol, aldosterone, hormone, uh, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, pregnenolone, DHEA. It needs vitamin C and vitamin B5 in order to make all those hormones. And that's why it's so important to the adrenals. And then you ask the question of what is considered too much or um, you know, what are the safety contents? So maybe, yeah, you can go into that, Dr. Jeremy. Yeah. And so before we go into that, we have to, you know, talk about the delivery method of vitamin C because you have to take into account, you know, two parts. One is that it has to be delivered across the cell walls to give up the electrons. And then the remaining part also has to leave the body because if the remaining part does not leave the body fast enough or promptly, then you can get into trouble as well. Now for, uh, you know, most people, again, 1,000 to 3,000 milligrams is considered quite normal. And you can hardly even find a vitamin C tablet that's under 500 milligrams. And they come in many, many forms and uh, different uh, delivery methods as well. So you simply cannot just um, take a supplemental vitamin C that's at 500 milligrams to 1,000 milligrams because it depends on how sensitive your body is how damaged your body is and really how much you can tolerate because everyone is different. Some people can tolerate only up to 500 milligrams. Some people can tolerate up to a few thousand and some people can tolerate up to a hundred thousand. And you know, by that they do it by IV. So whether it's by oral or through IV, it's really uh, taking that personalized approach to make sure that your body is able to handle whatever uh, nutrients it is taking. Right. And so even the one tablet of the 500 milligrams is basically 30 oranges. No person can really try to eat 30 oranges a day in order to get that amount of vitamin C. Right. And so, um, and so when you, when we, when someone asks us the question, you know, how much vitamin C can a person take? It's just, it's not a straightforward answer. And that's why we're really going into this uh, because it depends on how the body can assimilate it. Okay, there are water soluble versions of vitamin C, there's fat soluble versions of this of vitamin C. And it also depends on how the body can get rid of the metabolites. If it's water soluble, it goes through kidneys, you know, if it's fat soluble, maybe it goes through the liver or stays in your system a little longer. And, and then we talk about the side effects of vitamin C if you're unable to absorb the vitamin C enough, right? Some people have a bowel tolerance issue where they start getting diarrhea or they can have a hyper-exaggerated response where they actually get jittery and anxious and difficulty sleeping if they take vitamin C too late. And so if you have a paradoxical behavior from taking vitamin C, you have to really um, see if there's a receptor issue or if there's a detox pathway or a liver congestion or extracellular matrix issue going under, underlying, underlying that. So um, because of that, it's, we can't just give a generalization of, hey, everybody should take this amount of milligrams because it's personalized to each person on how much they can tolerate and what they, how they can deliver it and when they should take it and how they can uh, eliminate it. Right. So, so you were talking about, you know, the specific types of uh, vitamin C and uh, how it's, you know, uh, used. 
So for example, uh, there is calcium ascorbate or magnesium ascorbate, which is attached to a mineral. And so if you have gastric problems or if you have you know, GI upset or things like that, or have problems with absorbing nutrients, then you know, taking this type of uh, ascorbic acid and vitamin C is gonna make it easier for your gastric system. Now, if you find that your body is much more sensitive, uh, then you might need to be using a more fat soluble, uh, such as ascorbyl palmitate, because they attach the, the ascorbic acid to the fat. And so it makes it less water soluble. And so in that way, then it has a slower rise in effectiveness and it has a slower downfall. And you notice then with the ascorbyl palmitate that you have a more gentle delivery curve instead of just spiking up and spiking down and some people uh, with just a normal ascorbic acid will feel very anxious and jittery and then they feel like a lot of energy and then they'll drop real quick so then you know you, you find that you might need the ascorbyl palmitate which gives more of um, a slow gentle release and um using uh, these are also delivered through the oral system primarily through the gut and so you have to make sure that you also have a healthy gut that can also absorb well uh, and um, will help assimilate through with the nutrients and dr Kerry, why don't you tell us about you know the new technology with liposomes and how that relates to ascorbic acid all right so in the last 30 to 40 years, we've been able to formulate a new type of technology using liposomal form, but in a very nanoparticular forms that is able to encapsulate the ascorbic acid. Because usually ascorbic acid is water soluble. Most of the time you would pee out whatever you don't absorb, right? Um, however, when you are able to actually encapsulate it in liposome, lipo like lipid meaning fat, then you make it more fat uh, absorption. And so it doesn't just get broken down in the gut, it's able to go through uh, the stomach. It, it doesn't just get broken down in the stomach, it's able to go through the gut and actually have it absorb through the small intestines um, passively through fat, uh, fat absorption. And you can actually absorb so much more through your small intestine versus your gastric system because you don't have to expend more energy. And uh, if you go through small intestines, it's through passive diffusion. So it's less taxing on the body and you can actually absorb much higher amounts without it being broken down by the stomach acid. So, so the vitamin C that gets encapsulated in liposomes are much better in delivery form and you can absorb the liposome as, as a whole, then the fat will go away and then you actually absorb the, the vitamins itself. And so even though it's a really great uh, delivery form, what we like to do usually is make sure every person has a balance in all these delivery forms because some people might tolerate the liposome better, some people tolerate the fat soluble, some people tolerate the water soluble, and they have different functions. If you want energy now and you want um, a kind of like a boost, then sure, take the powdered water soluble form because you can absorb it so much faster. Versus if you want kind of a slower ascent and a, throughout the day kind of give you enough energy for your adrenals, then that's where the fat soluble and the liposomal forms come about, right? There's 
uh, ability to use the delivery systems to talk to your type of symptoms and it's just how you can blend them together for your body. So um, Dr. Jeremy, what other uh, side effects of vitamin C have you, have you seen in people? Uh, the most common side effect probably when you take too much vitamin C is that you're going to get diarrhea or loose stools. And so that's when you know that you have to cut back on the vitamin C. Other times it can make uh, you much more anxious. It can make you jittery. Uh, you can also notice that you might maybe have more joint aches or if your detoxification pathways are not uh, accurate. Uh, I mean, uh, not accurate, but not uh, congested. And also you might find that, uh, you know, you might be having more heart palpitations as well. So the key, uh, way to really start with the vitamin C is to uh, start slow and also start low and go slow. So make sure that you're able to uh, tolerate a low amount of vitamin C first and then you can always build up as well. And so, you know, we've taken a deep dive into vitamin C and we hope that you found this helpful and that you can use this information that we've uh, given you to improve your health and your experience with stress. If you would like some more information on how to use vitamin C to help you with your adrenal fatigue, as well as just your overall stress response, then you can make an appointment by giving us a call at 714-709-8000 and we'll help you with your recovery journey. Just remember that everybody is unique. So if you have any questions at all, make sure you ask your doctor or talk to someone who is more experienced with adrenal fatigue or even the use of vitamin C so that you're not self-navigating. So thank you for listening today. We hope that anyone could benefit from this information. So please share it with them. Subscribe to our podcast, our channel, and in order to have access to future episodes. See you next time. Uh, we thank you for listening to the Dr. Lamb Show. And we're here to empower you to take control of your health. This podcast has been produced and broadcast solely for informational and educational purposes by Lamb Clinic. Statements and views expressed in this podcast are not medical advice and have not been evaluated by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. The products and supplements discussed in this podcast are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. If you believe you may have a medical condition, please consult your own doctor. Opinions of guests are their own, and Lamb Clinic does not endorse or accept responsibility for any of the statements and views made by guests. The views and opinions of guests in the podcast are their own and do not reflect those of Lamb Clinic. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. In some cases, individuals on the podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in the products or services referred to herein. Podcast listeners should always seek the advice of their physicians or other qualified health providers with any questions they may have regarding their own medical conditions. Podcast listeners must always continue to follow the advice of their personal physicians for all of their medical needs.